Welcome to Celebrate Cultivate, a podcast about celebrating the good in life and cultivating more of what you want. I'm your host, Kayleen Elise. My intention is to offer deep breaths and ideas for appreciating the magic in everyday life. I'm here to help you listen to your intuition, trust your inner wisdom, and act with inspiration. Let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to the show. I have a guest with me today and I am so excited to share our conversation. Heidi Fieldler is a writer, editor, and creative coach. She makes book magic and is always sharing inspiration about blending creativity and motherhood. Heidi believes books have the power to make us feel a little less alone and the best ones leave room for the reader's imagination. Whether it's a poetic picture book, a zippy early reader, or a kid-friendly take on the physics of time travel, Heidi's books are philosophical and filled with quirky tidbits, playful language, and lots of heart. Heidi has worked on hundreds of titles for clients ranging from Chronicle to Bravery Magazine. After working in publishing for nearly 20 years, Heidi now has her own books out in the world, and she's an incredible resource for writers who are looking to do the same. Heidi is also a longtime listener of Celebrate Cultivate and is a beta member of the season sessions. She's also been in Magical May for a few times now, so we know each other pretty well. Follow Heidi on Instagram at Heidi Fiedler and visit HeidiFiedler.com for more. Heidi, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kayleen. It's really good to be here. I'm so, so excited for this conversation about where motherhood, creativity, and intuition intersect. It's a something that you know so well, and you are like a living, breathing example of all of it. But before we get into all of that, I want to hear more about what you do for work, because it sounds like you do a lot. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I um, recently like had a revelation that I feel like I'm kind of the Heather Locklear of publishing, meaning like I... I don't have like a traditional nine to five job right now. I don't have like a title that might've kind of like wrapped up everything in a bow or made it seem very official, but I work with publishers. I work with writers and these are like the people I've been wanting to work with my whole life. Like these are clients I really admire. Um, and I, I get to wear lots of hats and I feel like whenever I show up, I help make it better. And I, um, I work both as a writer and an editor, and then I also do some creative coaching one-on-one. And in all those cases, it feels like I get to be myself. Like I get to be bringing my vision and my experience to whatever it is we're working on. And I really like doing that. Wow. In so many ways, it just sounds like you've like made it. So if that's true, if you feel like you're like there in that space that you've always wanted in your career, how, what's the path that has led you to this point? Mm. Um, well, I distinctly remember when I was in-house as an editor, one time my boss asked me, you know, sort of like casually, like, oh, what do you want to be doing in five or 10 years? And I was maybe naive to answer like this, but I was like, oh, I, I want to be freelancing. I think I want to have kids. And if I'm freelancing, that will give me the flexibility to have them at home and that kind of thing. And I had a much like uh, 
glowier version of what that would mean. (laughs) But I sort of had that vision along the way. And in publishing, at least there is often like there's there's less and less positions as you go further in your career. And there can be a ceiling where it's like you have so much experience and they can only pay you so much in-house. And so a lot of people end up making that transition when they have kids or as they reach that stage of their career. Um, and I I was lucky to have a couple people that were a few steps ahead of me and could kind of tell me, hey, this is how I made it work. Um, and I was also extremely lucky to have my husband. He's a chemistry professor, so he has the stable tenured j- job. You know, he gives us the benefits and all of that and makes it possible for me to do this. Oh, that's amazing. How long have you been out on your own? Seven years now. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I mean, it's like a very established thing for you. If you look back on when you got started, what are kind of the the markers of things that you've learned along the way? I think it took me a really long time to kind of shake off a lot of the corporate lessons. There's just so much pressure in corporate life to predict like what's going to happen exactly to be in control of the situation to be perfect all the time to never make mistakes or to have like five backup plans if a mistake happens and I've been trying to shift over time like from that mindset to a much more creative experimental open mindset, improvising, trusting that there's more than one way, all of that. Like, and and I think that's like naturally, that's who I am and that's how I want to see the world. But it took a really long time to let go of some of those voices and even to like stop checking the clock of like, are they still in the office? Like what I'm doing, whatever life stuff I'm doing. Um, yeah, <laughs> now I don't care. But the first year or two, I definitely was thinking about those things. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good insight because I think even mostly I would say for entrepreneurs, but even for people who have gone from a corporate job in office to working remotely, which so many people have made that tr- transition in the last few years, I think there is that like, like you said, that shaking off, that like sloughing off of the way things were and then embodying what works best for you. And I know that you experiment a lot with like how you can get into flow and how you can tap into your creativity. So what are some of your like tried and true resources that you feel that you can always go to? I think right now it's it's often reading, like reading almost always helps me slow down and get excited about writing again and feel inspired. Um, It always gives me new ideas, but it also just like helps me not think about work too. Like it's one of my best real breaks, (laughs) but I think in the beginning too, I was like maybe a little more artificial or I don't know if performative is the word, but like, I would feel like, okay, I'm, if I'm going to be trying to get into the creative flow of things, like I need to have like certain books and a certain kind of setup. And like, I need to take the process quite seriously and like be using the best supplies or like um, referencing the best work or, and it was kind of like more external and about like 
doing these steps that I thought like would lead to creativity. And they, they did. It wasn't like I was doing anything wrong, but I think maybe partly because I just have way less time now as a mom, like I'm much more like trying to just stay in the flow or like stay in contact with some of those ideas and jot them down as they bubble up and then come back and look and see if there's anything there later. And like, not, I I don't have time for like a whole process right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot less space for preciousness when you are in the mix of motherhood and work and family and all of those things. So yeah, tell us a little bit about your motherhood journey. You said that you, in back in your corporate career, you kind of knew that you wanted to have a family. So, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to be a mom for a long time. I'm an only child and I, (laughs) I like, didn't babysit growing up. I I didn't have a lot of like uh, intimate experience with kids, but I really felt strongly like I wanted to be a mom and it felt enriching and exciting, but it took us a long time. Um, my, my husband, because he was a professor, like the academia lifestyle is just not conducive to having kids right away. And for health reasons, I knew I was going to want to adopt. And so that's its own long journey (laughs) that we went on. And, and then once like those two things kind of intersected, like freelance life and becoming a mom and, and then they sort of happened at the same time. So it's sort of hard to separate them a little bit in my mind. I kind of know like this was this experience and this was that experience, but they were so much related that they kind of feel the same thing too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That is so tricky. Like there's no way to parse out what's what, especially because both of those things, uh, becoming a mom and then also starting your own business, they're, they're both these brand new beginnings where you kind of have to shift your identity a lot. Yeah. And I went into motherhood like at least saying like, oh, I don't know what this will be like. I don't know if I'll be able to work right away. Like I I was kind of trying to keep my options open and feel like we'll see what this child is like and what he needs and what I need and how much can I work. I, I had no idea if like I would be so sleep deprived, I couldn't do anything for a year or if I would be okay with that or any of those things. And I, I spent a really long time, like during the adoption process, trying to think about like, how will I tell my clients? Because often for adoption, like it happens kind of suddenly, or it happens like you might know it's coming, but you don't really know if it's coming. So it's hard to kind of prepare and set your life up for a maternity leave. So I spent a lot of time thinking like, am I going to take leave or how am I going to do that? And then in the end, like it, it didn't really matter. Like I think it could have been very different with a different baby. But in our case, like he slept a lot. I ended up teaching like a few weeks after he was born and I was teaching classes online. Um, I had a nanny come in the beginning for like maybe 15 hours a week. And just like, I would do like a tiny bit of client work during that time. And, and then kind of gradually built up a little bit more and more thinking like, you know, eventually he would go to daycare or preschool and I would be full-time, although that of course didn't happen because then the pandemic happened and and he got sick a million times before when he was in preschool or or in daycare and like nothing really went according to the plan, but that was kind of like 
what I thought I was getting in for. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it fascinating how it, it continues to change? It isn't just being new with an infant. It's new with a toddler and then with a preschooler and then they start school. And every, it seems like every time you turn the corner, it, it requires a whole new set of expectations and ability to evolve. So where, where does motherhood and, and work intersect now? I, I don't know if I'm ever going to feel like I have enough time to do the work I want to be doing. I mean, I'm trying to make peace with that idea that like, I just might never get to that point. I think like my life, my, my family is happiest if I do, you know, two hours of work a day, maybe three hours of work a day. And I don't really have the stamina to do eight hours of work right now every day, but I have a lot of ideas and a lot of things that I wish I was able to put into action, but that's probably always going to be true for me. I'm probably always going to have more ideas than time. And our son is autistic. He needs a lot of extra care right now. He needs probably more care as we, as he gets older than maybe some kids would as they get older. So I'm trying to plan my life with the idea that I'll just work a couple hours a day for quite a while. What do you do with all of those ideas and all of those desires that you know don't fit into two hours a day? <laughs> I have um, I have a spreadsheet called an idea sanctuary, which is like oh. a spreadsheet, but it's a fancy name for like a place I save a lot of ideas. Those are mostly book ideas. And I have like, it's in a spreadsheet because I have a little column for character ideas or nonfiction ideas, different formats. And then I have a book that I call a brain broom, which is like basically a brain dump kind of notebook, but brain broom sounds like more high-minded or something, but I'll, I'll have like a list maybe for the year of just big things that are sort of on my mind or like maybe one day projects, but I don't feel like I need to do them right now. And like often if I flip by that page, I'm like, that's never happening. <laughs> like, okay, I wrote it down. That's, that's as far as it's going. Sometimes I'll share the idea with someone. Recently, I had an idea that was like, I felt really excited about it, but it really didn't have anything to do with anything that I do. And I just passed on to someone that I was like, you don't have to do anything with this idea, but I think it's a really good idea. And maybe it's like a good idea for you. <laughs> That's very big magic of you. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like an Elizabeth Gilbert moment that you're having, passing that idea along. <laughs> yeah, well, she she was like answering back with some very serendipitous things. I was like, oh, maybe this is a good idea for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that because you don't have to be the keeper of, of all of the things. So in hearing all of this and in knowing you, I'm really curious where intuition comes into play for you. Because like I mentioned in the intro, you're in the season sessions, you've done Magical May, we've worked together a lot. You also have your own connection to your intuition. So how does it, what is it for you and, and how does it support you? Yeah, I was thinking about this knowing we would be talking probably about intuition. And I've been thinking, I feel like I have kind of three connections to intuition or experiences like there are the moments when we're in one of our sessions together where it's like kind of dreamy and I'm getting these beautiful visuals and there's like a very 
reassuring, often kind of like reoccurring message in different iterations. That's basically like you're doing good. Everything's okay. Everything's more connected than you think it will, than you think it is. And you are part of a much bigger whole. And those are sort of like, they're intuition sessions, but they feel kind of spiritual or like they're, they're big, big moments. And then I have much, much, much smaller moments where it's like maybe in daily life, like just an impulse to like um, have something different to eat or go somewhere new or um, text someone that I hadn't thought of recently or like a, an idea will come to me. Like, and those feel like quick little flashes or like impulse is the best word I can think of, but it's like, it would be easy to miss or dismiss it. But when I like actually do what the thing is, I often feel like, oh, that was a good idea. <laughs> like, I don't know why that came to me. Often it's something that's like, huh, why did I just think of that? Like, that's odd, but I guess it's relevant in some way that I don't realize. And then, and then I feel like there are like these long-term things. Like, I don't know if this is intuition, but it's like things that I hoped for or visualized my life being but really didn't have control over wasn't like working toward on a daily basis but there are signs like that make you feel like you ended up in the right place at the right time or you're doing the right work or the right kind of care for your family or something like that like this this is maybe an example I don't know but like Today is our um, 10th wedding anniversary. And so we've been celebrating that today, which is very sweet wow. and exciting. Happy anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> and today we are signing the papers for our first house that we're buying together. Wow. Which feels very serendipitous. And like, even to my husband, who's a scientific, and like not what was possible. He's like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> like 10 years yeah. later, who knew that's what we would be doing. Um, and those kind of like trajectories and just like, it, it somehow feels related to intuition. Like I must've been doing something to get to this point that is like personally meaningful to me. And I don't know how to say that or tell anyone else how to do that but it feels important to my life somehow yes yeah yeah I mean we can call things so many different things but it feels very tied for you to what you call intuition because I honestly think at this point you know some people there's different ways to even interpret what intuition is right like how would how how would we really know what's inside someone else we'll never know what's inside someone else. You know, we can only share our limited viewpoints received from our, you know, it's just it's really tricky, but yeah, it's very hard. I got goosebumps when you shared that because it's just so evident that like things are lined up and on the path to that point, lots of confusion, lots of chaos, lots of uncertainty, lots of worry and wondering and hoping like it's so interesting because the mind wants everything to line up. And then when it lines up perfectly, the mind is like astounded. <laughs> it's like, who did that? <laughs> How did that possibly happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things I like when I'm listening to you talk about intuition too, is like, I think you kind of encouraged me to think about 
it the answer doesn't always have to come from within like of course you're tuning in but it also is like worth looking for signs or like asking for signs and being open to a new idea coming from somewhere that just feels meaningful or inspiring in some way and and counting that as like encouragement from the universe like and it's kind of all the same thing we don't have to like sort it into this is this kind of information or that kind of information i find that really encouraging or uplifting for some reason it, it kind of opened my eyes to some of those things that i might not have thought of as like oh this is encouragement yeah yeah it's like it's like a cheering along the sides like you're doing so well and i once you become open to it, once you have that, I think it's once you have that connection to your intuition and the trust in yourself, then it gives you a little bit more spirit to, to see the things and to, to go along with them. Like even when you said, you know, oh, to try something different when I'm eating something or like do some text a friend. It's like, yeah, you don't know if that came from outside or inside, but within you is the choice to listen to it and to, to go with it. And I think that's one of the functions that intuition provides is this like alternative thing from our mind of like, oh no, we can go there. And like you said, the intuition in the deep sessions is always like, everything's okay. Everything's connected. So it's that piece of you within that believes and trusts that. And the mind is, you know, trying to keep us safe and is somewhat skeptical at times. And that's good too. Um, but I, yeah, I just love hearing you talk about it and you bring so much magic to, to all that you share. So I think that it's like very easy to see where intuition and motherhood and work blend for you and creativity. You're, you're working on a book about all of this, aren't you? Yeah, I just sent a full draft to my agent, which I felt like was a nice, exciting milestone, <laughs> partly just because when you're working on a book like that, no one is waiting for it. Like there's there's no like excitement on the other end. No one's like, where is it? Or cheering you on. You're just kind of working in silence by yourself. And then in my case, I did just share it with a few other women that I thought it might resonate with or were kind of like my ideal reader and they all gave me really encouraging feedback which was very inspiring and helped me like feel energized to keep going to that milestone but um yeah it's all about making space for creativity in this very intense season of life and not just like why it's important as like it's a should on your to-do list, but more like seeing creativity as a very nourishing thing, something that you can give yourself and can help soften some of the really hard parts of being a mother. And hopefully it will help encourage people to see creativity as something, I see creativity as something very broad, like it can be painting or writing, but it can also be like arranging your plate in a very beautiful way or gardening or creating a new game with your child. Um, hopefully it will help people see that they already are being creative and help them cultivate ways that they can feel more creative and share their vision. Because I feel like mothers have so much wisdom and experience and it's so easy for it to just be in the background or be quiet and not be shared with the world because 
we don't have the space and time and energy to make the art that would share that wisdom um, in such an easy way. So this book is all about that. It's meant to be really encouraging and really um, full of light and joy and ease and magic. <laughs> when do we get to read it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully I'll find out something in a few months, maybe. Um, but it could be, it could be a while. It, publishing moves extremely slowly. <laughs> How do you stand the, the patience that's required for that in a world where reels are like another thing that you create? <laughs> it's, it's hard. I think there's, like what I would tell someone else and what I do tell myself is like, you need to choose a project that you love so much that you can keep going even when it's really hard and that you're going to want to share and talk about for the rest of your life or for a very long time, because you could be talking about this one book for a very long time and you need to give yourself the permission to take that time. Like it's just a slow process and it's so much worse if you try and go fast. Like it just makes you feel like the dumbest person alive because you think how hard can this be to figure out? Why am I not done with this yet? But if you like acknowledge, no, it is hard <laughs> and it takes a long time. And, and it's not just hard because like a writer's block or some sort of like uh difficulties with craft but like sometimes you need to just spend time with the ideas and like grow into being the writer you need to be for those for each book like you can't rush that and i think for me partly i i spend my time on so many different projects i have things kind of like at different stages that sort of helps me like feel like well something's moving forward even if it's not this one particular project. Yeah, that's such a insightful piece of wisdom for people because I think it's different than what we're told a lot of times, which is like focus on one thing and see it to completion. But I can totally see what you're saying in terms of like it is coming to completion. Like you're still working on it, but you have other things happening, other projects going so that you can still feel inspired and excited in one pocket of your work where another one might be resting. Yeah. And like, I did consciously choose to focus on this book. Like I didn't let myself start any other picture books or other kid children's book kind of projects while I was working on this book for grownups, because I did really want to see it finish. And for me, like, I just, I didn't have time to be working on multiple things. And I knew that if I could make progress on this, it would help me keep going. Like I needed that momentum and sense of something was coming to completion. Like, I don't know. I just have really craved finishing things lately too. And so it, that was like a conscious effort, but I'm not like a monk about it. I definitely am like, I have other notebooks going. I have client work that takes a lot of creativity and like giving myself permission to just spend like an hour painting or doing something totally not related to it, I think was really helpful to keep feeling like I was making something, even if I wasn't done with this really big book project, which is just like, if you start a book, like you need to go in knowing like it's going to take you years. Like that's mm -hmm. realistic. <laughs> mm, I love that. Yeah. Well, 
I have three more rapid fire questions for you. So first off, what are you celebrating these days? I'm celebrating 10 years of marriage, which is amazing. And I feel so blessed and lucky to have built this life with my husband. And we are celebrating buying a house with my mom, which is going to change our lives and make us feel like I think it will make us feel like a whole new family because we will just be having so many changes there and, and good changes. I'm celebrating sending the book to my agent and having a little bit of a lightness there. Um, and I think I'm celebrating, I don't know what stage you call this part of the pandemic, but I've reached the stage of like full-time childcare and that feels like really meaningful in my day-to-day life and I feel like that wasn't I mean I I feel like I survived something to get there so I feel proud of that I'm still celebrating that yeah yeah you can keep celebrating that for a few years probably just to kind of outweigh all that you've we've all been through okay that's great you are celebrating so much what are you cultivating I am cultivating trust in myself and I'm cultivating pauses, like small pauses and bigger pauses. Like I'm pausing a lot of my work while we are getting ready for this move, but also small pauses, just trying to open up to possibilities in the heat of a moment, whatever that is, like deciding what to eat or my son having a meltdown or whatever, like just trying to create a tiny pause or a little bit of breathing space for that half second. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. What does pausing give you? I'm just curious. I think it, it just makes you less reactive so that like your brain jumps onto one track and things like plow ahead, that's the only way. And then pause just gives you like, a half second to think what did I mean to do the next time this happened or like what are some (laughs) other ways this might go and me I don't know if it's giving you energy or strength to do those other ways but it just makes you feel a little tiny bit more in control of the situation rather than just swept under into the drama I think yeah 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 Oh, I love that. I love that for you. Yes. Okay. Is there anything, I know you're putting things on pause. I know you finished a big project, but is there anything you're creating right now that you're especially excited about? Well, I'm trying to point people to my naps and notebooks masterclasses, which are masterclasses you can take during nap time. So like you grab your notebook, you watch a short video, and then there's a workbook that's like super juicy, lots of prompts and inspiring activities. And the the masterclasses is like, I have a long list of topics I want to uh, do them on, but there are things like how to find the time and energy to write. And then there are also things like how to write a relatable character. So they're sort of like mindset, and then there's more craft ones. And you can pick and choose and just sort of mix and match match based on what you're looking for, where you are struggling right at that moment. Ooh, that sounds like something I need. (laughs) Although at the moment I'm 
podcasting while my child is napping. So (laughs) that counts too. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, thank you so much, Heidi. This has been just a lovely conversation and I just so appreciate you and the energy that you bring to the internet, to your work, to your books. I cannot wait to read your next book. For anyone who's listening that wants to connect more with you and check out your work, where can they find you and follow your journey? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Heidi Fiedler and you can find me at helloheidifiedler.com to sign up for the newsletter, uh, see what I'm working on and just say hi because I like talking to other creative moms. (laughs) You have a great newsletter so they can sign up for that and they can find more information on the the Naps and Notebooks Masterclass there as well. Yep. There's a big old drop down menu and you can sign up for whatever looks inspiring. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Kayleen. I love talking with you. Yay. Well, friends, thank you for listening. If something Heidi shared today resonated with you, please send this show off to a friend and ask them to listen to it. Before we go, here's what I want you to know. You are doing so well. You are guided on the path to your desires. So stay curious, watch for magic, keep listening to your intuition, play with trusting the beautiful wisdom you receive, And when you act, let inspiration flow through you, even in the smallest ways. Thank you so much for listening. Visit KayleenElise.com for links and notes from today's episode. Connect with me on Instagram. I'm at KayleenElise. Please share this pod with anyone who could use a little extra magic in their everyday life. Stay tuned for the next episode. I'll talk to you then.